Open Books with Claire is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Welcome back to Open Books with Claire. On Open Books with Claire, we explore characters and how they drive the stories that we love. I'm your host, Claire. Today, I am going to give a short, spoiler-free look at The Darkest Minds, but don't worry, I will also look at a more spoiler and more in-depth look at The Darkest Minds. So, The Darkest Minds was written by Alexandria Bracken. So, Alexandria Bracken is a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Her book, The Darkest Minds, was released December 18th of 2012. Uh, Her books are written in over 15 languages. Uh, So, this book is written in a first-person point of view. So, we only see the story from the the view of Ruby, who is our main character. Uh, So, we follow Ruby as she has to learn to navigate this new world that she's kind of thrown into. uh, Because their world is in a state of chaos, in the sense that um, kids are getting sick and dying, and the ones that don't die, they end up having different abilities, uh, which scares the people and causes the government to kind of crack the whip a little bit. So she has to navigate this new world that she's been thrust into, and uh, yeah, so we, we, we follow her and meet a few new characters along the way. Uh, so there are a couple swears in this book, um, and then there is also a bit of violence and some situations which are related to the chaotic nature of this dystopian world. That was the spoiler-free section. On to spoilers. To join me in that conversation is my sister, Sraya. Hi. Uh, Sraya, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happens in this book? I would love to. So, when a sudden disease kills children throughout the United States, it leaves the survivors with supernatural abilities. As a result, the government places the survivor in, survivors into a rehabilitation camp, where they attempt to cure the children of their disease and categorize them into classes based on their abilities. This story follows Ruby, and on Ruby's 10th birthday with her family, her parents were upset, realizing she was the last child on the block. Seeing her parents concerned about the disease, Ruby goes to comfort her parents in the middle of the night, holding their hands, and accidentally erases all of their memories of Ruby. The next morning, her mother locks Ruby in the garage, having no memories of her, and she sends Ruby to Thurman, where Ruby is determined to be an orange, a dangerous class where they have the abilities to control other people's minds and memories. Ruby accidentally uses her abilities to convince her supervisor that she is a green, the least dangerous one with an with extremely high intelligence. Six years later, Ruby is found out to be an orange following a test using a frequency that is only detectable by oranges. Dr. Begbie, aka Kate, helps Ruby by revealing herself to be part of the Children's League, an organization that uses the survivors as soldiers and helps Ruby in her escape from the camp. The two make their way to a gas station, and a suspicious Ruby makes her escape from the station with a quiet little girl named Suzume, a yellow who has the ability to control electricity. Suzume, Zoo for short, introduces Ruby to her friends, Liam, a blue who has telekinetic abilities, and Charles, aka Chubbs, a blue as well, agreed to let Ruby join them as they try to make their way to a safe haven, led by another orange, the Slip Kid. The group heads to an abandoned mall to gather supplies, where they cross paths with more survivors who give them a clue about the location after Ruby slips into their minds, giving them 
giving the letters E-D-O. Chubbs deduces that E-D-O stands for the numbers 540, which leads which lead to a radio transmission revealing the location of the haven. The group's the group makes their way there, and along the way, Ruby and Liam begin to have a romantic connection, but Ruby refuse, refuses to touch him, fe- fearing that her powers will hurt them. Throughout their journey to find the slip kid, they end up having some encounters with Kate, along with this bounty hunter named Lady Jane, who is looking for a bounty that is over Liam's head. Now, she attacks them, and Ruby, in an order to save her friends, uses her abilities on Lady Jane. At the Haven, where they find the Slip Kid, he is revealed to be the President's son, Clancy, who teaches Ruby how to control her powers, and in turn has Ruby teach him how to erase people's memories. After Clancy assaults Ruby, Liam attempts to escape with her and Chubbs, but are stopped by Clancy and the other kids under his control. Liam is nearly beaten to death, and their escape plan fails. Ruby goes to face off against Clancy, who turns out to be no match for her. Chubbs comes to her rescue, and they are able to hide while Clancy's soldiers raid East River and capture most of the kids. Liam avoids capture by being dragged away from camp by some of the other camp kids who manage to evade capture. However, he returns to camp and is reunited with Ruby and Chubbs the following morning. Together, they gather what supplies they have and use Clancy's laptop to find Jack's father. Jack was a friend of Liam's and, Chub- and Chubbs, who ended up dying. They, they want to find Jack's father to deliver Jack's letter to his father. Upon delivering this letter, Chubbs is shot by Jack's father, and Ruby uses the panic button that was given to her by Kate to call for help. Chubbs is taken away to a hospital for treatment, while Ruby and Liam are captured by the League. Ruby makes a deal with the League, promising to work for them in return for Liam's freedom. As Liam would never leave Ruby willingly, Ruby uses her powers to erase herself from his mind, causing him to leave Ruby behind. And then that's how the book ends. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot that happens in this book. Lots of twists and turns and a lot of development of characters. Uh, So let's talk about our main character, Ruby. Um, so you kind of, you get to see her, um, at the beginning of the book, you see her as a young child, right? She, she doesn't know that she has abilities, and she doesn't know, um, that she could, like, she knows kind of a little bit what's, about what's happening, but she doesn't know all of it, right? Because she's, you know, her parents try to shelter her a little bit. And then, uh, when she does erase her parents' memories, she doesn't know what she did because, you know, she hadn't really thought about it kind of thing. Uh, but what she does know is that she feels fear, right? Like, she's very scared and, and then, like, she she's confused and her, her parents are confused and then, you know, she gets locked in the uh, garage until people come to collect her to take her to these camps. I don't think it's really until the people come that she n- realizes the gravity of the situation, right? Like, she, I don't know what she thought when she was stuck in that, uh, in the garage, but, uh, I don't think she knew exactly what was going to happen. And then she's, she's taken to this camp and, um, like, they're stuck on the bus for hours and there's a whole bunch of other kids on there and then along with some guards, And then, you know, when they get off the bus at these camps, she watches another orange, um, 
force an officer to shoot herself. And she's shocked, like Ruby is shocked that these abilities could be used to do that much harm. And then when she's taken to the doctor to, you know, have her assessed kind of thing and, and figure out her abilities, it's it's kind of, it's fear, you know, that drives her to to tell the doctor that she's a green kind of thing and to change, like, and to use her abilities to change his mind. But then, you know, they fast forward to six years later, and I was kind of confused when I started reading this book um, because of the jumps in time. Because well, I don't think it was really obvious. I mean, it was obvious in the sense that, you know, Ruby's character changed. You know, she she had fallen into this routine at the camps um, because she was there for, like, six years or something. And so, you know, that was obvious, but it wasn't, like, super obvious that it had changed, so I was very confused. But, yeah, so you get to see her as a kid when she's scared and new to this this power, and then you see her um, as a teenager, and she's still a little scared at her abilities, right? Like, she's, you know, she's living with the greens um, because all of the oranges had been killed immediately because they were some of the most dangerous and harder to control. Well, everyone's afraid of their what the oranges can do, and I think that helped push Ruby to be afraid, and the fact that she didn't know anything about it and then, bam, she makes her parents forget. And then, bam, she gets sent to a camp that where they teach them to be afraid of what they can do, you know? Fear is definitely a huge part in in this book. And um, But then, you know, you get to see Ruby develop um, and gain more confidence in herself um, as she's traveling with Liam and uh, Chubbs and Zoo. She's still afraid of her powers and what they could do, but she's less afraid because she has people who who care about her. Like, this is the first time in, in uh, six years or something that she's really had friends that she can, you know, be herself with, right? Or partially herself with. Because in the camps, she had... Um, a girl who she was friends with. She had Sam, but it's not like they were free to do whatever they wanted. And the whole time she was pretending to be a green, right? She wasn't open as her own self. Yeah. Or as open as she could be. Yeah, and then, I mean, she's still pretending to be a green when she's with Liam. But she eventually, like, she eventually shows her power, and it was all about her kind of coming to terms with it and and being less afraid of it. She's still afraid of it, but she she has more confidence in her ability to control it, especially after working with Clancy, too. Yeah, which um, the funny thing is, is uh, Charles guessed that she wasn't a green. He kind of figured it out. Um, because, you know, greens are supposed to be, like, super smart or have all of their memories, like, stored away in their brain that they can easily, you know, pull one out. But when they were trying to figure out what the letters meant after, when they were at the mall, he kind of, he had an inkling, you know, that she wasn't a green. And it's not that she wasn't smart, it's just that... Not a green smart. 
Yeah, she didn't figure it out as fast as a green would. She figured it out as fast as any normal smart person would kind of thing or helped him figure it out. After their encounter with Lady Jane, after she reveals herself as an orange, she feels super insecure because she's like, oh my goodness, these people, they're going to kick me out because I'm so dangerous and I'm just going to have to leave, so I'll just leave kind of thing. And like she, you know... When she wakes up, she she hears Liam and Charles arguing, and she thinks they're arguing about her, you know, that, you know, Liam <laughs> wants her to stay, but Charles wants her to go kind of thing, or, you know. But they were actually talking about the van that they had been using. Um, and so, like, she walked out, you know, all in a half of, like, I'm just going to go, you know, like this, I'm causing too many troubles, so I'm just going to go. And they're like, whoa what are you talking about? Um, and I think, of course you're staying with us. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's when Ruby really, uh, figured out that these were her friends. Like she, she had, you know, she had thought they were friends before, but like, this is when they were like, they're true friends because they didn't care that she was an orange. She was able to connect with them. And like, they were the only people that she had told really, that she was an orange, other than Kate. And so, you know, like, we, we see her develop again, you know, like, she, she has all of these little baby steps, um, and then, you know, she has her steps backwards, but then, like, these really help her move forward, um, yeah, and then when she's with Clancy, she, is able to get more control over her power, more confidence in her ability, because Clancy is a more experienced orange. Uh, But the thing is, is Clancy turns out to be a little bit more of an evil character, you know, because he, you know, he tries to assault her, and then, um, and then he attacks the camp, you know, so he was just collecting these kids so then he could you know, collect him again and send him off. But I think in that moment, it really shows you how powerful Ruby really is because she was fighting against Clancy's will with other people and his will to control others, but she was still able to beat him or at least be a worthy opponent for him. Yeah. Even though she has way less experience with her abilities than he does and you know and she could erase memories but he couldn't like she was just always able to do that yeah so it really shows you the magnitude of her powers and her abilities which is really interesting like that like clancy has all of this control over his power and you know he has a great amount of power but it's not enough like well it is enough at the time but like he doesn't have the same amount of power that ruby does which is you know kind of interesting yeah and i mean you get to see a lot of people develop like you see liam his relationship with ruby grows you know at first they're just friends but you can kind of tell that he uh likes her and she kind of likes him um but they weren't really going to do anything about it i mean they're on the run right like you know, you don't have time to think about a relationship. And Ruby wasn't, she wasn't open to anything at first either. You know, she was, she was scared of others. Yes. 
connections with her, you know. Yeah, but you get you get to see it develop and like Liam, you can see that he's a very strong character. He has a lot of control over his abilities and like he helped break kids out of one of their camps that they were in and everything. So like you see that they, he's got a lot of um power and not just like his telekinetic power. He he has a lot of power in um, the words that he uses and his voice and everything as well. Like, he's just a very compelling character. And he's a leader. Uh, like, he he cares about people and he's he's he takes charge. He He's kind of like a parent, like a guiding parent for a lot of people. And he, he, he just cares a lot about people, which makes him really great character in that way. Yeah, and you see, uh, so Charles, he was a little apprehensive, you know, at first to uh, Ruby uh, because, you know, it's one more person they have to look after. And he didn't really believe that she was a green. Um, But you see their relationship develop, too, into a friendship. Uh, Their their relationship is kind of sweet. Like, they, they become kind of siblings in a sense and they they look out out for each other and um like after Charles was shot she had to make the decision on whether or not to call the children's league because if she called them they would all be captured by the league but Charles was more likely to survive and in the end she made the decision to push the button and call them there um, but it was a really hard decision for her to make. Um, and she she kept wondering if she had made the right one. But you you see, the, like, she cared enough about Charles to get captured by the League. You know, and so you, you get to see that relationship um, flourish, you know, as a friendship. Yeah. And Charles was, at the beginning, like, he, he was very suspicious of Ruby, but... I think part of it was because he's he's very suspicious of new people. He doesn't like new situations. He he likes to stick to his own normalcy in that. And he doesn't like breaks in routines and stuff. But I think he's an ex- he is an extremely loyal person, which would like so once you become friends with him, you're friends for life. Like he cared about Liam and he took care of Liam when Liam was acting crazy. And he kind of brought a voice of reason to the group because Liam's Liam's a dreamer. He's an optimist. He's like that we can do this. But Ch- Charles, he's more of a thinker. He's he's more of a practicality realist type of person, which w- added a nice balance to the group. Yeah, and then we have Sue Zoo. Um, now she is. She doesn't talk um, because of her experiences, uh, so she doesn't she doesn't say anything. Um, but her her actions speak a lot louder than her words. Like she takes to Ruby immediately. Uh, you know, I mean, she's the one who let her come into their van. Like it was for her. You know, it was another girl, so they could bond. And, like, their relationship is super sweet. And Sue's relationship with all of the, uh, all of their group is super sweet. Like, she's just, 
she's like their little sister, you know, that they, they're trying to protect and take care of. And I really, I really like her. And she's actually, she's fairly confident in her abilities too. Um, aside from the fact that she wears rubber gloves. Uh, so then she doesn't accidentally harm anyone. Um, and that stems from, I don't know if she actually hurt somebody, but it stems from a fear that she could hurt somebody. Well, you don't really see much of, like, you don't know much about her. I think the most intimate part where, like, bonding part was when Ruby accidentally kind of saw Zoo's dream and, and memory stuff. And that's where you learn a little bit about her as a person, but she, you don't really see a lot of her because she doesn't talk. She doesn't communicate in a, in a way that allows you to know about her, but it also created this character that you really cared about because she was so traumatized by her experiences. And so... You just really see that, how they want to protect her and they want to take care of her, which allows you to see this a sweeter side to all of the other characters. Like, Charles teaches Zoo math and, and reading and stuff like that, and that shows that how that was a way of him showing how he cares for her. And Liam would kind of help her through these traumatic dreams and these memories that would come up, you know? And Ruby just bonds with her in in a way that the boys can't, like, because it's, it's girl to girl, you know, like. But it was real sweet to see them connect with Zoo without sp her speaking, without her needing to speak to them. Yeah, no, their relationship is super sweet, and I just loved reading it. Um, so what surprised you about this book? Because I know for me, it was the ending. I didn't think that she would actually erase Liam's memory. Uh, it makes sense because he would never have left um, her. But what uh, what surprised you? I completely agree with that. You know, like, it makes sense, but it's also just like, why would you do that? You know, like, you guys had such a connection. And I know that there are three other books, like, but, like, just as soon as that book ended, you're just like, what? Like, what did you do? You know? Yeah, no, I was shocked. It made sense, but... I, I was shocked. Uh, so what did you, what did you think about this book? It was cool. It was a really cool book, really creative idea. It's a, it's one of, it's another dystopian sort of society where the world's in shambles by a pandemic, but with these unusual consequences you know like these kids all of a sudden just got superpowers you know and and it, it's a really creative way to look at it and the way the way society kind of changed ba because all these kids have e are either dead or taken to camps you know it it was a ghost town society you know like no one was around that much yeah it's definitely an interesting society and an interesting way to look at um 
you know, a potential future, right? I think it was very well done on on the description of it and the reality of something like that. Because, I mean, when when something like that hits and it just affects the kids, they're a major part of society. Um, and so it was definitely well done on, on that. Uh, I really liked the characters. Uh, Liam is one of my favorite characters because I just love... Um, his attitude towards things and the way that he, you know, views people and places, you know, like he tries to have a positive attitude, um, and he's, he's a leader, like it's kind of in his blood to be a leader, uh, even if he doesn't know it, um, he's just kind of able to step in and take that role, and I really like, um, just the way that his character develops, um, I think it's very creative, that, yeah, I think he's one of the best characters. Like, he he easily hits one of my top uh, favorites lists. I think it was also kind of cool to to see the juxtaposition of Liam compared to Clancy, you know, because they're both leaders, but Liam's more of, like, the positive, let's lift others up leader. He's an optimist. He, he cares a lot about people. Whereas Clancy is just abusing the people and the camp, and he, and he and he uses his powers in a very negative way, and he he takes advantage of people and their abilities, you know. So it's kind of cool to see them both in leadership positions, and to compare the two of them in the way that they lead and inspire others. Yeah, no, that's definitely very true. Uh, do you have a favorite character? Liam, like, you know, Liam was just the best. He was so sweet. So sweet throughout the whole book. He cared about people. You got to see he he was funny and he was sweet. But he was also, like, he's confident, but he's also a little awkward around Ruby, you know? He, he wants to do nice stuff for her, but he's... He's uncomfortable around her because she makes him nervous, you know? And and it's real sweet. He just cares so much. He was the sweetest. Uh, do you have a favorite scene, actually? Basically, any, like, super, super heart-to-heart moment with uh, Ruby and Liam was real sweet. I love when he just is just like, here's an extra pair of socks just in case you need them, you know? And he's so uncomfortable and so awkward. That was real cute. And and just when you see how much Liam cares about Ruby and see how sweet he is for, like, he's sweet on her, you know? But he's not cruel to her in a way that Clancy was, you know? He's just like, here's an extra pair of socks. I, I really care about you, Ruby, you know? He, and he's just like, you look beautiful in that dress. Come dance with me, you know? Just had these moments with each other. And even when she used her abilities on Lady Jane, you you got to see how he didn't care about that. And, n- like, none of them really did. So, like, just when you saw these amazing caring moments between them, 
Yeah, I just loved, uh, with the sock scene, I just loved how Charles was in the background going, just give her the socks, man. You know? <laughs> just, he, he, Charles was so funny throughout it, because he was, he's, he's Liam's best friend, you know? And he's just making fun, he's just making fun of Liam for his, him being super awkward around Ruby. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, do you have any, you know, closing thoughts? Love Liam. Just the main best person in the whole book. Just gotta make sure y'all know that. <laughs> He's, he was a really, still <laughs> is a really good character. Um, well, thank you. Um, and thank you for reading along with us. You can follow Open Books with Claire on Instagram using the link in the show notes or using our handle at Open Books with Claire. Uh, the episode was hosted by myself, Claire Oster, and Sraya. It was edited by Alex Williams. The music we use is by Paper Planes, and Open Books with Claire is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are a proud member of the Create Find. Bye! Mecco!